وَلَا تَمُدَّنَّ عَيْنَيْكَ Another, another command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to the Prophet sallallahu so that he is happy, so that he can deal with the difficulties of life. What is that? لَا تَمُدَّنَّ Do not extend. مَدْ مِيم دَال دَال What does مَدْ mean? To stretch, to extend. So do not extend عَيْنَيْكَ Your eyes, both of your eyes. Extend your eyes? Do you pull your eyes? What is this? Vision. Alright? Meaning, do not stare. Alright? From far. Staring longingly with desire. Because you know, when you're looking at something from far, and you're constantly looking at it, you're not even blinking, you're not even you know, moving your gaze away from it, then this is like you're extending your vision. You're not even interrupting it. You don't even break it. You don't cut it short. So this is like an expression which is used for staring at something for a long time, you know, with hasra, with desire. Like for example, you're driving and you see a huge building, fancy apartment building, and you're just staring at it. You keep looking at it, scanning it from the penthouse. Okay, forget about the building, you just stare at the penthouse. Right? And you're just staring at it with a desire and you wonder, I wonder how it is from inside. I wonder how much it costs. Oh my God. It starts at one million. Wow. Who can live there? Wow. They must be so rich. And you see, you, you, you get lost in your thoughts. And you're just looking and looking and looking. Because what is it that you constantly look at? Something that you desire. Right? Because if there's something that you don't like, you're not going to bother looking at it. The Prophet ﷺ is told, don't waste your vision. Right? Don't look ila ma matta'na bihi toward that by which we have given enjoyment. To who? Azwajam minhum. Different groups of them. Different groups of who? Of people. Different categories of them. Because there are different categories of people, right? And different people have been given different amount of wealth. Some people have been given a lot. Some people have been given little less than that. Right? Some people have been given one form of a huge amount of wealth and others have been given a different form. Right? So don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at the money that other people have. Don't look at the things that we have given to people. You understand what is being said over here? That if somebody has something which is very expensive, whether it's a house or a piece of jewelry, or a gadget, or a car, or clothes, or whatever it may be. Bag, anything, whatever it may be. Don't look at it with desire. Oh, I wish I could have that. Don't do that. Why? Why do you think? Okay, because it makes you ungrateful. For what? For what you have, alright, and? Very true. It's going to distract you from your purpose. It's going to distract you from your goal. You have a purpose in life. You are a servant of Allah. You have a mission. And the Prophet ﷺ had a huge responsibility to convey the message forward. And if he spent his life admiring the things that people had, then of course, what you admire, that is what you try to get for yourself. Right? You try to get that. You try to have it. So your efforts are going to go into that direction. And these things are not worth it. 
So لا تمدن Don't keep looking on with desire to the things that we have given to different categories of people. And remember their reality. What is the reality of these things? They are just زهرت الحيات الدنيا. They are the زهرة, the splendor of the life of this world. What is زهرة? And زهرة is also used for? Hmm? Flowers. These things are just flowers. That penthouse, that huge farmhouse, or that huge property, or that five garage, or six garage, or four garage house, whatever it may be. Or that house on that particular road or street, or a certain area, whatever it is, what is it? It is just Zahra. It's a flower. And every flower, what happens to it? Hmm? It withers. It dies. It's not there to stay. When you bring a flower, or when you bring a whole lot of flowers home, and you put them in a vase, and you put the food as well, what happens after some time? What happens after a few days? Those flowers, they wilt. They die. And then you get rid of them. So whether it's a huge house or jewelry or any expensive thing, remember its reality is that it's going to finish. It's not here to stay. And while they have it, لِنَفْتِنَهُمْ فِي We are testing them in it. It's a fitna for them. And look at what you've been given. وَرِزْقُ رَبِّكَ And the rizq, the provision of your Lord, meaning the provision that your Lord has given you, that is khayr, that is better, and it is abqa, it is more lasting, it is eternal. What was the rizq that was given to the Prophet ﷺ? Iman, ilm. And we have been given that rizq also. So compare these two. On the one hand, wealth. The things of this dunya, the glitz and glamour of this dunya. And on the other hand, iman and taqwa, ihsan, Quran, ilm, nur, hidayah. What does Allah say? Rizq rabbik, the rizq that your Lord has given you, that is khayrun wa abqa. That is much better, it is everlasting, it is eternal. This is what's going to stay with you forever. This is what's going to benefit you. Because happiness is not attained by things. Having more. Happiness comes from where? Satisfaction of the heart. And what can satisfy the heart? That which the heart was made for. It's the rizq of your Lord. وَرِزْقُ رَبِّكَ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى And also in this is a lesson. That stop comparing yourself with other people. They have so much. I have so little. They have this new thing and I don't have that new thing. They managed to get a house and I don't have it yet. They have this and this and this and I don't. Don't compare. Look at what your Lord has given you. And when you appreciate what you have, then you'll be happy. You'll find that best for you. So the rizq rabbik, the rizq that your Lord has given you, you'll find that to be best for you when you're satisfied with it. When you're happy with it. وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكْ And order your family. بِالصَّلَاةِ With the prayer. Meaning tell them to pray. Just like Ismail used to order his family to pray. So O Prophet ﷺ, you tell your family and your people to pray. وَاسْطَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا And also be steadfast on it. You be steadfast as well. Remember the word وَاسْطَبِرْ? We did it at the end of Surah Maryam. If you find it difficult, do it anyway. Force yourself to do it. And it's also to consistently do something. Be steadfast on it. وَاسْطَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا 
You also do it consistently. And this also shows that when you tell somebody to do something, you better do it yourself as well. Because actions speak louder than words. People learn from your example more than they learn from your words. لَا نَسْأَلُكَ رِزْقَ The Prophet ﷺ is told, we don't ask you for provision. What does this mean? Allah is not asking you for provision. You should spend your time in performing the prayer. Tell your family to perform the prayer also. But remember, you're not doing this for us because we don't want anything from you. We don't benefit from what you do. Allah does not benefit from what we do. Don't think that you're doing this to fulfill Allah's need. He needs to be worshipped. And this is why you're worshipping Him. No. Allah doesn't want anything from you. He doesn't need anything from you. And also, what this implies is that we don't ask you for risk. So don't chase this dunya, collecting more and more of this dunya as if you have to bring this dunya on the day of judgment. Allah did not send you to the world to make dollars. Allah did not send you to this world to make, you know, to earn property after property and, you know, to have an investment after another. No. You haven't been sent here to collect the things of this world so that you bring them on the day of judgment. لا نسألك رزقا We don't want provision from you. We don't need provision from you. نحن نرزقك We provide you. We give you risk. So seek risk from us. Ask us. Don't waste your life chasing dunya because it's a shadow that you'll never catch. نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكُ وَالْعَاقِبَةُ And the good outcome is for who? لِلتَّقْوَى For those of taqwa. The one who has taqwa. The one who has fear of Allah. Then definitely he will have a good outcome. وَقَالُوا when they say لَوْ لَا يَأْتِنَا بِآيَةٍ مِنْ رَبِّهِ The enemies say, How come Muhammad wasallam has not brought a miracle from his Lord? Like the staff of Musa or the glowing hand or something like that. Allah says, أَوَلَمْ تَأْتِهِمْ بَيِّنَتُ Has there not come to them bayina, a clear evidence? Which clear evidence? Ma that which fisuhufil ula, which is in the former scriptures. What is in the former scriptures? What is in the former scriptures? Hmm? Exactly. The news or the prophecy of the coming of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So that was given in the previous scriptures. Now the Prophet has come. Now the Quran has come. And the Prophet and the Quran both are exactly the way they were described in the former scriptures. Isn't this enough of a sign? What more do you want? What proof do you want? Walau and if Anna indeed we ahlaknahum, we destroyed them. min qabli. It's as if we're being told, stop making excuses. You understand? Stop making excuses. Do what you have to do. وَلَوْ أَنَّا أَهْلَكْنَاهُمْ بِعَذَابٍ مِّنْ قَبْلِهِ And if we had destroyed them with a punishment before him, before who? Before the coming of the Prophet ﷺ. لَقَالُوا Surely they would have said who? The mushrikeen, the people. They would have said, رَبَّنَا O our Lord, لَوْلَا أَرُسَلْتَ إِلَيْنَا رَسُولًا How come you did not send a messenger to us? You know when people don't know about something, they say, or for instance if a person doesn't have money, for example, what does he say? If I wish I had money, if I had money, I would give a lot of charity. Right? Like for example, many people when they're going into med school, you ask them, why do you want to become a doctor? Oh, because I want to help people. 
But then what happens? When they do become a doctor, who are they helping? Only themselves. First they have to pay off their education, and then they have to pay off their house, and then they have to pay off one thing after the other. The list never ends. So they don't have time to help other people. They don't have time to help humanity. So when we don't have something, we make big claims. If only I had this, if only I could do this, if only I had this opportunity. But when we get it, then what do we do? Allah says, if we had destroyed them, if these people had died before the coming of the Prophet ﷺ, these people would have said, Ya Allah, why did you not send a messenger to us? فَنَتَّبِعَ آيَاتِكَ So that we could follow your verses. مِنْ قَبْلِ before We would be humiliated وَنَخْزَ and disgraced. نَذِلَّ ذِلَّ Humiliation. And this is referring to the humiliation in this world. نَخْزَ خِزِي Public embarrassment. Public, you know, when someone is publicly disgraced. And this is referring to the disgrace in the hereafter. This is what they would have said. But now the messenger is among you. And look at what you're doing. قُلْ Say, كُلُّمْ مُتَرَبِّصٌ Each is waiting. فَتَرَبَّصُوا So wait. تَرَبُّصْ رَبَّصَاد And تَرَبُّصْ is to wait for a result. To watch and wait for something to arrive. To watch and wait for something to arrive. And what you're waiting for, you're hoping that it would be good. Like for example, a person is standing at the airport. Alright? And they're looking at that big screen. Right? That has, this flight has arrived, or this flight has arrived, this flight is delayed. Right? So when you're waiting for somebody to come, you keep looking on. This is tarabbus. You're waiting, waiting for that particular flight to arrive. So, قُلْ كُلُّ مُتَرَبِّسٌ فَتَرَبَّصُوا Wait. فَسَتَعْلَمُونَ Soon you will know. مَنْ أَصْحَابُ الصِّرَاطِ السَّوِيِّ Who are the companions? Who are the people of the path that is sawi? That is sound, that is straight, that is correct, that is free from extremes. Meaning, who is upon the truth? Who is right? وَمَنْ اِهْتَدَى And who is rightly guided? Time will tell. Because you see at this point in Makkah, the enemy was very, very hostile to the Prophet ﷺ, to the Muslims. And they kept mocking at the Prophet ﷺ, if you're really a messenger, how come no miracle? If you're really a messenger, then how come you're not victorious? Your followers are so weak. He's told to tell them, wait, time will tell. Who is upon the right path and who is rightly guided? You'll know. You'll find out. And it soon happened. Who is it that was guided to victory? To success? It was the Prophet. ﷺ. In Surah Al Furqan, Ayah 42, we learn, They're soon going to know when they see the punishment who is farthest astray in his way. Meaning, who is astray and who is guided? Time will show. But right now, Ya Rasulullah, keep firm on what you have to do. Stay firm. Wastabir. And this is a lesson for us also. That when things are difficult, don't lose focus. What you have to do, keep doing it. No matter how stressful the situation is, no matter how difficult it has become, stick it out. Do it. Don't leave. Don't stop. Be patient. Get strength through dhikr. Hold on to Allah. And you'll make it through. We'll listen to the recitation of these verses.
If you want to be miserable, then there's only one thing you need to do. And what is that? What do we learn from these ayat? Look at what other people have, and you'll be miserable. So what does it mean? If you want to be happy, then stop looking at the things, at the blessings that others have been given. Whether it is physical beauty, or it is status, or it is marriage, or it is fame, or it is popularity, whatever it may be. Don't, doesn't mean look down and don't look at people and don't acknowledge the things that they have. I mean, of course, do that. But لا تمدن Don't keep looking at it, spending hours and minutes just looking at the things of people. I remember my, my mother, she tells us that how when she was young, when she was little, whenever they'd go to somebody's house or go anywhere, my grandfather, if he saw any child staring at something, he would instantly tell them, don't look at it, look away. Immediately. And the same thing my mother did with us also. We were not allowed to stare at things. Never. To keep looking on. Because this staring, it brings hasra, it brings greed and dissatisfaction. You know, it's amazing. Little children even, right? One is having a cookie and the other one sees that, oh, my brother is having a cookie, who is mine? And she forgets the two candies that she's holding in her hands. Well, he has a cookie. Yeah, I have more than him, but I want that cookie. And instantly, tantrum. Right? Upset, angry. And many people, they stay like this even when they become adults. Houses are full, closets are full. But still, browsing you know, from one website to the other, one online store to the other. And of course, Pinterest, I mean, what can you say? Right? All you do is stare at the things that people are making and they're doing and they're wearing and they're saying, just stare, look on. And keep filling your board with things that you want to do. You know, maybe, eventually you'll do. And then your life is just full of regrets and hasra. 
When we spend hours looking at what others have or what they're doing, then we're miserable. We're wasting our life. And this life has not been given to us for what? To accumulate this dunya. We've been given this very short life. Because remember, the time is the most limited resource that we have on this planet. It's the most limited resource that each individual has. So this time that we have is for making akhirah. And when we are busy looking at the things that people have, we're unhappy, we're not focused, we cannot prepare for the akhirah, we're dissatisfied, we're boring. So what's the way to happiness? What do we learn from these verses? Hmm? Okay, dhikr good. What else? Huh? Okay, praying at night, very good. So after dhikr and tasbih, secondly praying at night, what else? Brings true happiness. Hmm? Okay. Not staring at what other people have, then what do you look at? And what do you appreciate? What you have. Be thankful for the blessings that you have. Because you know, gratitude, it actually makes you happy. And I'm not saying this as a you know, very nice fluffy statement. It's true. Scientifically proven. The people who are grateful for what they have, they are happier. They are more productive. And this is why many companies, part of what they demand from their employees is what? Gratitude. How? In the form of some gratitude journal or blog or something in which they have to write about what they're grateful for. Recently I came across a few lectures by the CEO of the company Mind Valley. Alright? And huge, huge company, multi-million and part of what they do is they have a gratitude blog, right? In which everybody, from the customers to the people working, everyone is expected to write a word of, or a statement of, a sentence of, you know, what they're grateful for. What they're grateful for. And you can see the people that are working over there, how excited they are about their work, how passionate they are, how happy they are, how satisfied they are. Why? Gratitude. Gratefulness. This is what brings happiness. And if you keep looking at, oh, I don't have this, and I don't have this, and her glasses are better than mine, then every little thing will bother you. Then, you know, like, for instance, eyebrows. Right? I mean, it's clear, we're not supposed to be plucking these. Right? It's understood. There's clear tahrim, clear prohibition. But why is it that the shape of our eyebrows even will bother us? Then we will go through the pain of plucking each and every hair and sit in front of somebody and cry and wipe our eyes and you know sweat because of the pain. But we will make sure that our eyebrows are plucked because we're not satisfied. We're not happy. We're just looking at the faces of models on whatever. Whether it's YouTube or Pinterest or whatever it may be. We're just looking at other people. How is it that they shape their eyebrows and how is it that they do this stuff? I want to be like them. Live a miserable, unhappy, painful life. Go ahead. You had something to say? Assalamu alaikum. I was thinking how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to Prophet and all of us to do sabr when you're being tested and shaitan tells us totally opposite. When someone is teasing you or commenting on you, say something. You know, and it will feel good. And it does feel good at that time. And you feel like, yes, for first time in my life, I spoke for myself. And then later you realize, oh, that was too much. You know what I mean? So 
Later you have regrets. Later you have regrets and I was thinking it's amazing how shaitan's words and his speech and his teaching are always with us and we are always implying on it but not the Quran. And it's because Quran is not really inside us the way it should be. And I think we should, for me, like if I memorize an ayah, then I am able to do it, like, you know, apply on it. So for instance, if I get hurt and I say right away, inna lahi wa inna lahi I feel that the pain goes away. And some of the ayahs, if I can't memorize and I put in my house somewhere, then I look at it and I, you know, start doing it. Yes. So we can do that. Yes. And this is exactly what was mentioned in the previous ayat, that you can't afford to forget. You cannot. Because if you forget, you're going to get yourself into deeper problems. So the way is to make sure that you remember somehow. Assalamualaikum. Um, I was watching um, a lecture from um, Mufti Mink, and he said, what sets the mu'mina apart is that she recognizes that what was meant for her, it will never go away from her. Like whatever you're supposed to have, you will have. And what you're not, what you don't have, you'll never, like you won't have it. And not to be sad about that. And to recognize that it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you should be happy. This is what Allah gave you or protected you from. Yes, exactly. Subhanallah, every time I study the Quran, I appreciate studying psychology more. Because I feel like without the Quran, psychology, yes, it's beneficial. Studying the mind and the body and the heart, what everybody's thinking, so beneficial. But without the Quran in hand, it means nothing. So many times I see counselors and therapists. And subhanAllah, before I was so interested just sitting next to people in their counseling, just to see how they interact. And one counselor, a therapist, she's very well known in the States. And over 30 years she's doing counseling. And every day, she says, every day I listen to people problem. I am so thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My iman increases. So one therapist who is non-Muslim, and she also had the same experience as her, graduated with the same field, 30 years. She came to her and she said, I wanted to commit suicide so many times. What kept you strong and why are you happy and you keep going on? And she says, I tell my patients every day, listen to music, do something that ha- makes you happy. As soon as you wake up, first thing in the morning, do something that makes you happy. Write down what is going to make me happy today. In the afternoon, if you feel down, that blog or that little note that you have, look at it. At night time, if you can't sleep, look at that. And she said, subhanAllah, that remembering my Lord, remembering Allah, kept me so steadfast. And without having my Lord, I would have been probably in the same path as you. That lady accepted Islam right then and there with her. And she continued a few years with counseling. And she said, I've never been so happy and content in my life. And subhanAllah, that's the importance of having Allah. So when you mention these verses, I remember Allah first thing in the morning, and the afternoon, and at night, and the evening. It's only for our own benefit, knowing that la ilaha illallah, nothing is greater than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. Because you know, counselors and therapists, even they need therapy. Mandatory. You know that? This friend of mine, she's from Dubai, and uh, she's a therapist, she's a psychologist, clinical psychologist and uh, she works for a big airline company and um, basically she's supposed to do therapy for people who work in that company and um, I mean there are so many hours a week or hours a month that they have to spend taking therapy for themselves because what happens is that when you hear the problems that people are going through and you try to help them in that process many times you end up 
getting depressed yourself. So the Prophet ﷺ, he was supposed to be the therapist, you can say, for all of the Sahaba. And these Sahaba, what were they going through? One is being physically abused and another, he's being tortured and another, his mother or father are killed in front of his eyes. Yani, he had to counsel these people, right? So imagine hearing one story after the other and not just hearing, seeing it with your own eyes and going through it yourself, it would ruin you. So what brought comfort to the Prophet ﷺ? What was his therapy? It was tasbih, it was dhikr. Nowadays doctors are giving antidepressant medicines. Even if you are depressed, anxiety or the menstruation are irregular, they are started with depression pills. So one of my friend's daughters, she was very upset for a long time and she was having a depression tablets. And once she went on a counseling, the counselor said that whatever your faith is, just follow that. She was Muslim and she was not praying. So she came back and now, because she was uh, suffering for, from this disease since a year, and she was upset. So she started praying five times, and alhamdulillah, and she feels okay. Now she is declaring and shouting everybody, whosoever is coming in her house, pray, 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 pray. So now she's okay. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum. Not only uh, reading or saying tasbih anything, but listening Quran even makes very comfortable because... For me, whenever I feel sad or I, I try, like I'm reading Quran and I, I get sleepy, I just cover the juice and I listen Quran. There's a specific ayah that I prefer that I read. Like, and if I don't listen that day, sometimes I say, oh, today you did not listen. Like, I remember that, like the Surah Hud is a Surah Hud, but I remember every day. It's not that I don't like other Quran, but it makes me very calm and happy and whatever state I am in or in doubts or anything brings me out. Alhamdulillah. So, Quran, reading or writing is the same thing. Yes. Reading, and listening, doing dhikr, all of this is helpful. Because remember, all of this feeds the heart, right? Bismillah, assalamu alaikum. I was thinking about if somebody stress you or somebody make you angry, just let it go and leave it for the sake of Allah. If you leave it for the sake of Allah, Allah will raise you a place you cannot even expect. And if you talk back, you will be regret for the rest of your life. Yes. So you know when you have to bite your tongue? Right? You want to say something, but you force yourself to stay quiet. But you need to, you know, that energy, you need to release it somehow. How do you release it? Do dhikr. Um, I think for us girls also, it's easy for us to keep grudges and stuff and remember what people say. But I think when you do that, it hurts you more than what it hurts others because they're going to forget what they said to you, but you're going to keep remembering it and then grudge after grudge is going to like keep you back from what you're really like wanting yes. to do. Yes. Because you see, shaitan, he loves to see us sad. You know that? Shaitan's goal is to ruin us. Right? So he tries to make us sad and unhappy and afraid and anxious because when we're sad, we can't focus on what's important, our goals. While I'm listening to those ayahs, the reflection give us quite a few messages. First of all, if we are following our prayers, that means we are sleeping at the right time, then we are waking up at the right time. So we are avoiding a lot of sins or sinful situations on its own. Then we are starting a day with name of Allah, and then we are finishing a day on name of Allah, which kind of protect us. Like when you start doing duas, you almost already feel that you are protected from a lot of uh, negativity. Mm -hmm. Secondly, 
this not to look at other people because nowadays it's technology is like amazing and it has so much potential for everything but it has new challenges too the media literacy is the new subject now so it's it's difficult to put it down because you want to be connected it has like its benefits but looking at facebook all the time and then you're going through a crisis and then you see everybody being happy or party or do whatever and as much as you don't want to you're feeling bad because you're going through and everybody else is having fun you want to get married and everybody else is married or you don't have any children or everybody however somebody's situation is and those kind of things kind of put you in a negative uh, place i mean you can use it for different things but getting this kind of control it's like bring time management in your life mm. so i mean you can see your family you can stay connected but it just becomes so much organization in the life yes if you are following it looking at it for sake of looking at then putting it back and not looking at it again is difficult but that's where the balance is yes. and that's where allah taala says don't look at other people and as you mentioned decree like knowing that what is meant for you you will get it and be satisfied with what you have and allah has given you and that kind of bring confidence too that you are happy with you are and that is so important like when you look at uh, everybody's working on it to be happy with who you are mm-hmm. like the whole dub campaign works with that for women being satisfied who they are and so much marketing and stuff is out there it's like really difficult and challenging uh, plus all the dramas that come yeah. uh, if you are in pakistani dramas they are all about going your against your mother in law going this going that everybody's like talking about speaking up but mm-hmm. it's not really the right thing that you are teaching mm-hmm. uh, so not to be oppressed like i don't think sabr is like being oppressed is sabr it's about is controlling like, yourself it's like controlling with your own choice yes. like you're addressing the conflict but doing it in a proper way yes that's important and you know what was mentioned right now that when you will sleep on time when you'll wake up on time because you want to do dhikr in the night in the morning and at evening and this includes your morning adhkar and evening adhkar then you don't have those hours you know to spend in front of facebook you don't have those hours to waste just looking at other people's profiles and their pictures and so on and so forth you really don't have the time to do that and that is also something that's going to keep you happy assalamu alaikum the ayah that says do not stretch your eyes to the people really makes me to think and nowadays we look at everything and we're a consumer society but at the end the truth is that richness and wealth do not produce happiness happiness is within you and some of the richest people in the world are so unhappy and miserable that they even kill themselves so mm-hmm. alhamdulillah we could cure our hearts and find the happiness within us yes jazakallah khair you remember the beginning of surah taha taha ma anzalna alayka alquran litashqa this quran has not been revealed to you so that you're miserable and unhappy This Quran has been given to you so that you deliver it to others, you improve your life. Yes, this job is difficult and you are unhappy. So now you have to do something to make yourself happy. And what is that? Do dhikr. La'allaka tarda. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.